Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Edge, and we've got some big news. Dental Business Mentor is now on sale for $179 per month. That's right, $179 per month. So if you feel like you're a failure, if you feel you want to do better, if you just want to have a better practice and just work on your systems, on all the things that you do, Dental Business Mentor is for you. Are you sick of turnover, not sure how to implement systems? If you want to know a better way to schedule, how to present to patients so they actually say yes, it's all there and much more. It is virtually impossible for you to not get a huge return on investment at $179 a month. So go to dentalbusinessmentor.com, sign up today, and start running a better practice so you can have a better life. Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentor. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin here, and I'm with my colleague and partner, Dr. Paul Etchison. What's up, Paul? Yeah, boy. <laughs> so, Paul, what's what's on the agenda for today, man? So, you know, all this stuff. Whoa, man. Banks are trimming back the lending. What's going to happen? Are we shutting down again? What are we going to do? Is the sky going to fall? Oh, is now the time to acquire or start up my practice? with all this going on. So I'm not sure I've got a great answer for this. I want to hear what you think, Justin, because I think Justin's going to have a really good answer. So you go for it. I've given some thought to this because I'm always looking for potential deals myself and locations to potentially expand. Now, not that we're hungry to do that tomorrow, but we're always looking. So I keep a pulse on uh, our market. And by virtue of the coaching that I do through through my other company, I end up having a lot of conversations with other dentists and it's half of my friends are dentists and half are not thankfully and so we get to have a little variety of conversations but this is what it comes down to if you start a practice or buy a practice let's split them up if you start a practice you're going to need capital okay and then you're gonna have to go the process of lending with the financial institution and I think that may be one of the barriers now we just got a letter from one of the financial institutions that we typically deal with, and they've changed their requirements because they view dentistry historically as a very low risk investment for them. It was a win-win. They also had personal guarantees in place and all this sort of stuff. They didn't factor certain things into their actuarial side of things or their risk management side of things, like most businesses, like shutdowns. Do we have employee contracts and things like that in place? All this stuff. It's a whole list of things that the bank sent in terms of, hey, this is our new due diligence process year after year now. They changed it on us. So that's all good. We'll send them the information, but you may find it challenging to actually go get money. So that's part one. Part two is, I think if you are deciding to open up a practice, I recommend to everybody, whether COVID or not, do a demographic study, do your research, take a look at that local area. And, and understand that area a lot better before you go and just open up a practice just because you love your home or you love where you live and you love the restaurant or whatever up the road. Forget that for a moment. And you're better off commuting than you are opening just because you love the city or the town that you may be in or the area you may be in. Or maybe you're better relocating 
to find the best demographic. So I think that's important. I think there's tons of demographics out there now that whether you open now or before COVID or later, you'll be fine. You might end up seeing some slower growth or whatever else. But if you plan the startup, get your systems in place, hire the team in advance, train them, do all the smart stuff like marketing up front before you open. And we won't go down that rabbit hole, but there's a bunch you can do to do successful startups. And we've done five now. And so you hit the ground running. So I don't think it's the wrong time to start up. I just wouldn't suggest that anybody jump into it without proper due diligence. One last point, build lean always. The acquisition side of things is a little bit more tricky because we don't know what macroeconomic circumstances are to follow. And if anybody says, we know what's coming, we, it's, we've been through it before. It's 2008. I, I've been around since the 80s. I've saw the 80s. I've saw 2000. I know what's coming next. It's going to be fine. I agree with you that likely things will recover. That's why we talk about cycles in economics. But what I don't agree with is that you can predict if it's going to be fine and for how long and when there will be a potential if there will be a depression, if interest rates will go up due to inflation and things of this nature. So I don't know what's to come here. I'm not an economist. I'm not going to pretend to be your guest. But I personally, unless you're okay with saying, look, I'm buying this practice. I have some cash set aside. I'm willing to weather the storm for two or three years. Potentially, I wouldn't jump in and buy a practice unless, unless you're getting practices on sale. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you look at practices on sale, which are value added practices, I think that's a great place to be right now. If you look at strategic partnerships with dentists who want to form strategic partnerships with you, and you can do deals with them where maybe it's some cash up front. Now they do some owner financing with you, something of that nature. Maybe they hold the note. Maybe you buy it for a discount now and then tear it up and buy it for a little bit more down the road. As you increase the amount of shares you buy, that's a possibility. What I wouldn't buy right now is something for like a five times multiple on EBITDA, single owner operator practice or a couple dentists in there. And you're going to go take this practice over now. I wouldn't do that unless you plan on having the owner stick around for transition. And unless you have some liquidity and cash and some stuff built into your mathematics that you can survive if there's like a 20, 30% decline in revenue at all over the next three years, I would plan for it. And I would plan around that. Now, if you have the ability to do that, you should do it. But if you don't, then I would just say, take a step back, really think about it, reach out to people that who can study the and do the math and give you proper financial projections. Because here's what it all boils down to. This is not an emotional decision. You must get your money right. That's the premise. You must get your money right. Systems, protocols, customer service, that's all fine. At the end of the day, this is about you not being in financial hardship. So you have to get your money and that requires you to get with people who can do the appropriate financial analysis for you so you can exhibit good fiscal responsibility and make appropriate decisions based upon that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I agree with you. I think is now the time to acquire or start? I think acquisitions and startups, I think you can do it in this climate just as well as you can in other ones. I'm telling you, we're still seeing 130, 150 new patients a month. Like people are still growing and working well in this climate. Now, having said that, things that I have changed. I used to keep $40,000 as capital reserve in our bank account for the practice. I have about 120 on reserve right now because I saw what was possible. There's a little bit more risk. So if you are going to acquire or you're going to do a startup 
Definitely, like Justin said, do your demographics, do your due diligence. But also, when you get that loan from the bank, even if you can get the loan from the bank, if you get that loan, you might be want to be a little bit more ginger about how you're spending that working capital and make sure that you do have a reserve. Because we might go through a downturn. We've been through downturns before. Most of the dentists that went through like the 2007 thing, they did not all fold up and close their doors. But they went through a downturn. They felt it. They felt that recession. And they felt that people weren't wanting to spend their money. But we didn't go under. What I would hate for someone to do is to sit there and say, you know what? It's almost like timing the market. You're trying to say, now is not a good time. I'm going to wait until things pick up a little bit better. But then what if things don't ever go bad? What if they don't ever pick up? You, you can't time it. So if practice ownership is something for you, I'd say do your due diligence. Make sure you have a little bit more working capital, a little bit more reserve than I, I think I did when I actually opened my practice because it just seems more risky now. It's a little bit, not risky, but uncertain, I think would be a better word. But yeah, I, I think it's definitely a doable thing. And like uh, Justin said, there are a, quite a few practices where dentists, this was the kind of thing that they were like, you know what? I'm done with this. I ain't, I ain't doing this no more. I've been doing this for many decades. It's time to hang it up. They watched the stock market go way down, and now it's come way back up. And they might be like, you know what? It's time for me to get out. So if someone wants to come in and take over my practice, they might even sell or finance you if you can't get a bank loan. So it just takes you getting out there and doing it. But yeah, is, is the, now the ideal time to start a practice? No. But in reality, I don't think there ever is an ideal time. So I would say... Yes, go for it. Be bold, be risky, but also be smart. I think that's all I got to say on that one, Justin. I can't. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Paul. And I think you're right. The, it's our perception right now with risk is it's like perception. It's perceived. It's predicated on some uncertainty, fear, and anxiety. And nobody can give us concrete answers. And we don't have a benchmark from history that can show us how to deal with this time. That's yeah. the problem. We did fine. If it was just the end of a short-term debt cycle, or just like 2008, 2000, and anything before that, if it was just like that, just exactly like that, and we could guarantee that, of course, we would take more risk. But we don't know that it is, and all signs point to the fact that it may not be. So you're absolutely right. Take risks, be bold, but be smart. I just want to finish with this. So there's a few different types of buyers out there. I'll lump them into two. There's the DSO kind of multi-practice buyer, and then there's so the corporate people, and I'll use that word loosely because it means different things to different people, but let's assume it's the, the entity who's buying multiple practices. And then you got the, like the dentist who just wants one, maybe two practices. Okay. So if you're a dentist looking for one, maybe two practices, the way you approach this is very different. If you're a DSO right now, you're also uncertain. You don't know what the future holds, but you got more money. You got deeper pockets and you're doing this because you're willing to purchase something now and come up with favorable terms such as these holdbacks of money. So not all money up front, clawbacks, like things like where, hey, I'll pay you this much now. Here's your multiple on your profit, your EBITDA, right? But at the end of the day, if it doesn't all work out, you owe me this back. Retention clauses, you got to stay for three or five years and, and you better produce this or I'll take, we'll make you stay longer. We'll take some money back. I'm using the terms loosely and I don't want to dive too deep into these contracts. If anybody's interested in hearing more about them, we can talk about them in another episode. Yeah. But the point is the single practice dentist is not looking for those types of deals. They're not going to get them. You can't go to somebody and offer them what the DSOs are offering, like money on the front end, which is approximately five times EBITDA or more, oftentimes six, six and a half, seven, okay? Maybe seven and a half in some cases, some 
circumstances. Don't get hung up on those numbers. The point I'm trying to say is they're paying more. Plus on the back end, when they refinance or they recapitalize, okay, down the road and get more capital injection, you might get 10 to 14 times multiple on whatever shares you retain. Now, I don't mean to complicate this, but the point I'm making is if you're a single owner, you're not doing any of that. You're going to some dentist. He or she owns their practice for some time. They're going to sell that practice to you. You're going to look at the profit. You're going to look at the numbers. You're going to say, fine, I'll buy it, but you're not paying them that multiple. So you're not going to have the ability to say, I'm paying you a lot for this. I'm holding money back. I'm paying you a lot for this. Hey, if it doesn't work out in the next two years, you owe me this back. Here's your clawback. You can't do that. So don't compare yourself to the risks that other DSOs are taking. I've heard people say, the DSOs are buying. So freaking what, man? Like these guys are backed by private equity. You got tuition to pay. You got school to pay for. You got your children here. You got a marriage you got to maintain. So you, you got to remember, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you could end up in a situation where your lifestyle suffers. That's all I'm saying. And I am not trying to scare anybody. The last thing I want is I've heard some bankruptcy stories. I've heard some stories about people who have bought and practices during, this is not just as due to COVID, but it's not working out for them. And when I hear that, man, it breaks my heart because I know it's having an impact on their psychology. All they wanted to do was just own their own practice, own their own business, provide for their family, do well, a place where they could create a great place of employment. And it's all falling apart because they didn't, bottom line is they didn't know. They didn't know how to study the deal. Please get an expert to help you study the deal. That's what it comes down to. Dude, couldn't agree more though, man. Yeah, it's we got we got to be careful. You got to do it the right way. Get the help. Ask questions. Find people that have done it. So yeah, awesome stuff. So info at dentalbusinessmentor.com. Send us your questions and we will read them and answer them on the air. Until next time, everybody take care. Hey, Dr. Etch here. If you are like most dentists I talk to, you want to grow your practice. We all know that we didn't learn how to run a successful practice while we were in dental school. So where do we learn it once we get out into the real world? That's why myself and Dr. Justin Bullard created DentalBusinessMentor.com. If you want to know the tricks, the tips, the tactics that we use in our own practices, DentalBusinessMentor.com is for you. Over 175 videos, not to mention the documents, protocols, and checklists that we use to run our practices. We have modules on phone skills, mindset, reappointment and reactivation, leadership, culture creation, marketing, effective meetings, patient experience, case presentation, KPIs, scheduling, and collections, just to name a few. We will show you how to run the practice of your dreams. So if you are ready to take your practice and your life to the next level, check out dentalbusinessmentor.com and you have nothing to lose. We offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you aren't happy, we aren't happy. Go to dentalbusinessmentor.com and take the first step towards learning how to create a practice that helps you live a better life.